Welcome back to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin. It's Thursday. I've got another episode coming at you guys. Uh, but first, this is a sponsored podcast. So uh, our sponsor, EclipseHolsters.com. Guys, if you're if you're looking to upgrade your holster, maybe you're looking to get into uh, a concealed carry or you know maybe an overt carry holster uh, for your new firearm you purchased in the past year since the pandemic set in, head over to EclipseHolsters.com, man. They, they got everything you could need, right? Light bearing, non-light bearing, uh, like I said, in the waistband, out the waistband. They got mag carriers, uh, dump trays, and every color and design you could think of. Uh, great team over there, quality holsters. Um, if, you know, I've told the story before, we ordered one uh, for, for Lexi um, over Christmas. Uh, two weeks after Christmas, she went out and bought a new gun. She exchanged it, no questions asked. All we had to do was pay the, the shipping cost. And uh, right, and the other really great thing, <clears throat> in addition to the high quality and, and the, the multiple molds that they meet and everything, it'll be shipped in three business days or less, which is fantastic. I mean, it's so there's I can think of maybe three other companies right now that I could say that about um, in the gun industry. So EclipseHolsters.com, let, uh, let Jess and her team take care of you guys. And when you're there, use our discount code PREPARED15, that's PREPARED15, and save 15% off your order, which, I mean, really, really doesn't hurt, right? But let's get into it. So uh, there's a lot going on, right? Today is uh, April 8th, um, had the announcement today from uh, President Biden on his uh agenda for some uh, gun control, but I'm not going to dwell on that because it's it's all over the media and I'm going to kind of wait to see how things shake out a little bit before I really tackle that one. Um, but instead, what I want to talk about is the stimulus, right? That awesome stimmy that most of us, uh, most of us got in the last couple of weeks um, that some of us probably already blew through and some of us are maybe thinking about what to do with it. Um, you know, yeah, ironically, today is the day that we're covering this because, you know, President Biden is uh, super against the Second Amendment and most of us went out and took our stimulus and uh, parlayed that, parlayed, if you will, into some uh, new guns, some some new gear, whatever. So what I want to do is I'm going to talk about maybe, you know, you're on the on the fence, right? What to do with the stimulus money. Um, I'm going to kind of walk through some of the some of the things you can spend it on, you know, because A, who doesn't like spending money on themselves, right? Treat yourself. Uh, as the kids say, but let's talk about from the ground up what you could be looking at. And I got the computer open right now. So we're going to, as of, uh, it's like five o'clock ish, um, April 8th, I'm going to pull up some of these sites and we're going to take a look at, you know, what some prices are at right now. Uh, obviously if you got the $1,400, um, you could do quite a few things. Um, you know, because before COVID, the the prevailing uh, thought process was just buy a you know like a five hundred dollar Glock, buy ammo, and then just train. Well, now that five hundred dollar Glock is like six or seven hundred, maybe even eight hundred bucks, just depending on what you're looking for. Um, if it's more than that, definitely don't buy it because you're getting ripped off even today. Uh, the bigger problem is ammo, not even like the price itself, but the availability. You just can't find it anywhere. <laughs> so as nice as it would be to go out and spend, you know, $500 or $1,000 on ammo right now, if you, if you do find it in stock, um, you're paying above and beyond premium pricing. 
So I, I really, I mean, personally, I can't necessarily recommend that. Um, but it's an option, right? Um, if you're going out looking to buy a firearm, um, unfortunately, there's really not any good deals to be had right now because of the overwhelming demand. And I'm sure today's announcements don't really help that. But um, I actually had a discussion at a family gathering uh, on Saturday because I got a couple of family members looking to, um, I would say, like, get into a gun, right? Like, you're not trying to get into a new Chevy, uh, but uh, they, they want to get a gun. Um, they're concerned and they want to, you know, they want to take that responsibility. And uh, I mean, honestly, guys, you, if you've been listening for a while, you know, I, uh, we run Glocks here. Most of the team here runs Glocks. Sam uh, has his, he loves his SIG. Um, you know, if you're looking for something, if you're a new shooter, like we talk about, I, I really would, would consider the Glock 19, um, any variety, any generation can't go wrong with the 19. Uh, it's small enough to be concealed for most people. Um, large enough to fight with, right? 15 rounds plus one. Um, it's really become like the, the, the gold standard that everything else is kind of compared to, right? If you can't, if you can't find a Glock 19, um, or maybe you just don't like it, the ergonomics, you know, I mean, that's something that people talk about with Glock all the time is like the grip angle, uh, or they're ugly. You just don't really like it. Um, I get you, man. Uh, that's always my recommendation, but it's different for everyone. So, uh, M and P the, the Smith and Wesson's, uh, M and P is their military and police, um, line. Uh, their 2.0, their second gen compact is the same thing. It's a 15 plus one, um, 15 plus one pistol chambered in nine millimeter, usually a little bit cheaper, um, and a little bit more available than the Glocks. But given again, the environment we're in, availability, it really is just, it's hit and miss. Uh, you could also, you know, look at the SIG P320, which is the compact, again, 15 plus one compact version of the M17, uh, pistol, which was just picked up by the, I believe it was the army, uh, to replace the Beretta that, you know, the M9 has been the, the service pistol in the U S armed forces for, well, in, in most branches of the U S armed forces for a long time. So they're finally making the switch. The M17 is SIG's uh, it, I guess full size handgun. Um, the P320 is a scaled down version of that. Uh, really good choice. Um, another one, if you can find them, I did for a little while there. It, it seemed like you could get a, a hold of CZ pistols, pretty decent. The CZ P10C or P10, 15 plus one or 17 plus one, uh, just larger size. Uh, you know, with the the P10, no no C for compact, uh, but good choices. Um, if you're looking past that. I really can't make a, a great suggestion just because uh, I've not shot most of those, you know, anything past that. I don't feel confident making the recommendation. What I would stay away from is anything that you find that's under the $400 mark and subcompacts if you're a new shooter. Um, if you're planning on carrying and you really want to put the time and the, the money into ammo for training and you want to look at something like the new um, M&P Shield Plus, that holds like 13 rounds. It's a little bit slimmer, smaller package, concealed carry pistol. That's a really good option, especially if you like the ergonomics um, on Smith & Wesson. The Glock 43X or 48, both 10 plus one uh, guns that are really popular right now, especially because they have their modular optic package. And all that means is that there's a cutout on the top of the slide that you can mount a red dot on. If you don't know what MOS is, it's modular optic system from Glock. Um, and the new ones have some rails on them too, for some smaller lights. Uh, if that's something that you get down with, 
um, as opposed to a handheld light. Uh, the, the SIG P365, 365XL, again, smaller carry guns may not be the best options for new shooters, again, uh, but a lot of more experienced shooters really, really dig them. Uh, they've got a really strong following coming on, and they're they're small, right? The P365, I know, is one that Lexi and I looked at for her when looking into options to replace her Springfield XDS 9mm. It, it just, it, what we decided against it because it didn't have a trigger safety. Um, it's either a thumb safety or no safety. So that's just, you know, the decision we went with. Um, the Glock 43, uh, I mean, lower round count, not my my first pick, but if you're in a pinch and you're really wanting to, to jump in there to get into concealed carry, 9mm Glock, can't beat it. Um, Ruger just came out with their new concealed carry gun. I want to say it was like 12 or 13 rounds maybe. Uh, also has a cut for an optic system. Don't know a ton about it yet. Um, so, I mean, take that as you will. I know you, you can't really find anything super readily available right now. You can still find the old Gen 1 and Gen 2 Smith & Wesson shields. That's always a good fallback for some people, especially if you're looking for something with like a thumb safety. Now, past that, uh, if you're looking to get into like an AR, because it, it seems like, I mean, I don't want to be pessimistic, but the writing might be on the wall for AR platform rifles. Um, jumping into something like that right now is going to be a little bit difficult because, again, just the availability. You can't like... You can't find the parts anywhere. Or you can find parts. They're just at inflated prices. They may not be the quality that you want. Um, let's actually, so I mean, let's look at like uh, Palmetto State Armory, right? Which uh, isn't the, the highest quality. Um, I, I, I have bought their parts. My 11.5-inch. Um, was started out as a, as a palmetto gun. Now I've swapped out the handguard. I've swapped out the barrel. I've swapped out the, um, the bolt carrier group, but it did start out its life as a palmetto build. Um, I've never had any issues with the reliability or quality control. I know experiences may vary. Um, but I mean, starting, you know, starting there, if we look at like, uh, your lower receiver for an AR 15, uh, complete lowers because that's the part that's serialized and has to be shipped to an FFL. So that's usually like the biggest cost expenditure. Um, if you're just looking for a basic 5.56 gun, which in my opinion, if you're looking to get into an AR-15, that's really where you should start. Once you start getting into other calibers like 300 Blackout, uh, 308, or you know 224 Valkyrie, some of these like um, I guess these boutique calibers people use for like hunting and stuff. Uh, in, in my opinion. You, you're doing a little bit wrong. Uh, if it's a secondary gun that you're buying for like hunting and stuff, then, you know, go crazy, whatever. But um, back to the point you can get right now, it looks like uh, for as low as 230 bucks, which is a classic um, AR-15 lower with uh, like a mil spec waffle stock. Um, right now, I think it's on their daily deal for 230 bucks, which really, honestly, really isn't that bad. Um, if you start looking at like, pistol braces and stuff, you're closer to the $300 mark. Um, but this is a fully assembled lower with a mil spec trigger. So there's no assembly required. All you got to do, if you, if you were to buy the lower, you buy an upper, you slap them together. There's, it's literally two pins and you're, you're ready to rock and roll. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of depends on how fancy you want to get with it. Um, but like I said, about 230 bucks from Palmetto State Armory. Um, if you want to do something maybe a little bit nicer, um, the next one that I have started recommending to people, uh, 
is Aero Precision or like Spikes Tactical. Those are both brands that are, I don't want to say cheap, but they're, they're, they're good quality and they're affordable. So I would say that's the next place you could look. Um, the problem is, is that everybody kind of knows about Aero now that they've really started, you know, picking up in popularity and pretty much everything's out of stock. Um, I'm kind of like, I'm trying to look on their site right now, uh, for like AR 15 lower receivers and stuff. Um, and a lot of it, uh, not all, well, maybe see complete lowers here. Uh, yep. Mm, yep. Everything's out of stock. So, uh, right now, if you're trying to make a decision like today or tomorrow, um, you can look at some of the other, uh, retailers and, and I don't want to say wholesalers, but other retailers that sell this kind of stuff. Um, you're going to be looking somewhere between two fifty dollars $300, possibly four or $500, just depending where you're looking, what kind of parts, stuff like that. Uh, keep in mind too, that when you do something like this with an internet sale, as it stands today, because of course this is something that the president is really passionate about, obviously, um, is halting these internet sales. Um, you still have to pay an FFL fee when it gets to your gun store, your local gun store. So call them ahead of time. And I would say, check two things. One, ask them what their price is. Cause I've had places charge me 25 bucks. And then I've seen places that are 65 and 75 bucks. And all they're doing is handling the paperwork and, the, and basically receiving the shipping. So it's, I, now I could be wrong cause I've never worked at an FFL, but it seems like it's pretty much a straight profit for them. So be wary about how much money you're paying for that. The other thing is, um, you know, keep in mind, um, actually I don't even know where I was going with that. Just check your, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, check what your FFL charges you and then check if they only take cash or, or how they handle it because it's basically profit. Um, it, it might be less if it's cash. It might be more if it's credit card. I had a local gun store that's now closed. Unfortunately, um, it was 25 bucks cash or 35 bucks, um, credit debit card. And the reason for that is there's processing fees if you take um, credit and debit transactions. So that way they can pay their people um, and then still make their money on it, which, <coughs> excuse me, which I get, I totally get. Um, if you're looking for getting to get in like an upper, again, same places, look at, you know, stuff like Arrow, um, look at like Palmetto State Armory. They're probably going to be your best bet for, for a good deal. Um, depending on what you want. Um, what I will be a little bit cautious with, if you're going to buy from one company, I would say try and buy both parts from that same company because you're more than likely to be able to just throw them together and be able to like pick it up and go. Um, also check the the laws and regulations in your local city, province, uh, state, whatever, uh, on, on their restrictions for if you can or can't own a pistol, technically an AR pistol, if you can, um, if there's barrel restrictions, stuff like that, really, uh, know what the laws and how they apply to you, uh, know what the laws are here in Michigan. Um, at least as things stand today, I, I could, I, you know, I, I bought my AR pistol, uh, with a 10.5 inch barrel. I upped it to 11.5. That was for ballistic performance. Um, but yeah, anything under 26 inches, if you have a pistol brace, no no vertical foregrip, stuff like that. Um, really make sure you're making an informed decision. Don't just rush out and hit, you know, and click buy because it's what's uh, what's in front of you. You know, do, do the research. Um, hopefully some of you guys have been doing this research already. 
Uh, if you are looking at building your first AR-15 and you don't know which route to go, I'll tell you that if you really don't know, you can't go wrong with a 16-inch barrel and then get a rifle lower with a stock. Um, you can use it for home defense. You can use it for plinking. You can use it for hunting or you know, varmints. You know, um, The 16-inch barrel isn't ideal for stuff like close quarters, but it, it can work. All right. What I what I don't like seeing is people that go out and buy these like seven point five inch five five six guns, uh, not realizing like yeah it's cool it's this tight little package, not realizing that you can't put a vertical foregrip on it, not realizing that after you you get below ten point three inches you start to really see a drastic drop off in your 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 ballistic performance by the gun um, because it's just not widely publicized but it looks really cool because you have a little you know possibly fold up a little backpack gun or something cool it's it really doesn't do you any favors honestly you you only lose ballistic performance as your barrel gets shorter so i would say either get like a 14.5 inch upper receiver with a pin and welded uh muzzle device or just a 16 inch barrel yeah we don't have to pin and weld anything you can change out your muzzle devices as you want um most handguards today are variations of the same thing you know m-lock key mod, uh, or, you know, Picatinny quad reel is going to, that one's going to be the heaviest, but probably the most durable. Uh, you're really mostly just seeing M lock these days. That's what the military is going towards. Um, key mod is still out there. It's just not, it's not getting as much attention as it used to, because it's not being backed by major, uh, outlets like the military. So retailers don't see a future in it. They don't see the money in it. So you're seeing less and less, uh, accessories built for the key mod, uh, attachment system i should say uh and it's mostly going the way of mlock uh now that kind of stuff you are seeing more handguards um for, from a bunch of different companies uh the, and it's still in stock i should you know i'm gonna look at uh well, let's see here look go back to palmetto state armory and I, you can get handguards as cheap as like if you're just getting a regular a-frame gun uh, a frame, a two front sight, whatever, a drop in rail quad rail or something for that. You can get that stuff as cheap as like 50 bucks, uh, just depending on what you want. Um, and then some of these hand guards and stuff go up to upwards of four or $500. Like, um, here's a good one on uh, Palmetto. It's, it's completely separate from the upper receiver. So the Geisley 13 inch super modular rail. Okay. It's M lock. That way you only have about three inches of barrel sticking out the end. It's long enough that you're going to be able to attach whatever accessories you need. Um, a little bit shorter, saves you a little bit of weight. Again, 250 bucks. Geisley's name brand. Now, I think Palmetto has some uppers right now that are longer barrels. I saw one earlier. I think it was like 20 inches with a 15-inch M-Lock handguard. Uh, it just depends on what you're doing it for. You know, 20 inches is more of like a long-range shooting type setup, if you ask me. 18, 20 inches. Now, that's where you do tend to see your best ballistic performance out of the two, two, three, five, five, six cartridge. But if you're not doing it for precision shooting, if it's more of a self-defense tactical, you know, running gun type, whatever. Yeah. You want that 14.5, that 16 inch. Once it gets to 18 and 20, it's a little bit unwieldy. It's hard to get around and through obstacles, doorways, whatever. Um, but let's say you already have your, your firearms. You're really, you know, maybe you're like me and you, you, you have other stuff that needs to get taken care of with your, with your stimulus money. So you got a smaller piece to play with, right? You're not going to, you know, blow the whole wad on, on this. So you can look at, um, 
Like right now, you can look you can look at body armor. Right now, I know uh, T Rex Arms at least up through tomorrow has a sale if you go to their website um, on their Hesco L two ten plates is what they are um, special threat plates. Now I'm I'm not like super well read on ballistic plates. Um, we did talk about it a little bit in our last episode with Corey on some like kind of like the stigma that goes with people that have body armor um, and how it doesn't, you know, make you invincible. Uh, there's a lot of different brands out there making armor plates by far and away. The cheapest stuff you're going to find are like AR 500 um, steel plates, right? And they're coated with like Rhino liner, some kind of like, it looks like bed liner and it's an anti-spall coating with steel plates. Um, what people don't realize when they buy steel armor, cause they buy it cause it's like a hundred bucks for the set of plates. That's why, that's why I had my first set with steel. It's a hundred bucks. What they don't realize and I'm holding one here in my lap is, um, when the round impacts on this steel plate, um, <coughs> excuse me, that it has to go somewhere cause it's just steel, right? With some of these other plates that are ceramic or they're, uh, fabric layers of fabric and stuff like that. Um, it, it can help catch the spalling, the splinters of the cartridge, uh, I guess is the best way I can describe it. Um, so that they don't, you know, shoot down into your groin and legs or sideways out into your arms or, you know, upward into your, basically into your, your chin and neck. Um, the anti-spall coating is supposed to help with that. Although they're pretty much the worst ones on the market for, for that. They're also heavy. These things are like eight to 10 pounds per plate. Um, and then there's also like a little foam backer plate you should buy just for comfort. Um, so you're adding like a good 15 to possibly 20 pounds to your kit. If you're buying armor plates, um, if you're looking at something a little bit nicer, like I said, uh, T-Rex has like, has the L210s on sale right now. Um, they're special threat plates. What that means is this, uh, the NIJ, which is the governing body that, that kind of does the studies and the ratings for ballistic plate performance has a, a tier system. Um, you know, levels one, two, three, three plus four levels like one and two are typically just for your, um, handgun calibers, right? That's like your soft Kevlar armor is usually in those, those areas. And that varies by model and by brand and everything. Um, which you can go with soft armor if it's for something like a single panel that goes in a backpack or something. Um, that's what you get is soft armor. It's level one or level two, according to NIJ testing and standards. And a lot of armor companies do their testing because that is the standard here in America. And, you know, you want to have it backed, um, and certified, uh, you know, so when you go to sell your product, it's like, Oh, look, it's certified according to these standards. Everyone knows they're buying something good. Um, what the special threat plates are, is they're not tested to the NIJ standards, but they are, um, they're tested and can stand up to, because it, they don't fall within their, tr- their testing parameters. Um, basically it's, if you're worried about stopping M855, right? So green tip 556 five, or steel core, um, which is like a light armor piercing round. Okay. Or you see it on the box, it's, you know, it says 5.56 LAP light armor piercing green tip steel core, whatever. Uh, and it also uh, stop 7.62 AR ammo, um, the, the M43 mild steel core. Uh, it'll stop a couple of hits from that. So it's really if you're if you're talking about on a budget for the 300 or 315 um, that they're 
they're charging right now while it's on sale, it's probably the best deal you're going to get on, on, on quality armor. Uh, level three will not stop uh, a green tip round, um, but level three plus and, and level four armor are pretty expensive, honestly. It gets up into thousands of dollars for quality armor plates. And I really think that if you have um, suitable gear and a suitable uh, rifle, a suitable handgun and stuff. Uh, armor's a, a pretty worthy consideration. I know it's not ultra flashy, ultra cool guy, um, but that's something you can, I mean, even if you're not worried about yourself, that's something your wife, your kid can throw on in the event something happens and be protected, at least to some extent. You know, uh, it's a life-saving measure. Um, and again, it's why with, with steel armor, I kind of look at look at it like, Buy once, cry once, and it's one of those places you really don't want to save money with your kit. Like, you can buy a little bit cheaper plate carrier. You can buy a little bit cheaper battle belt. You can buy a little bit cheaper on the mag pouches. The stuff you really don't want to cheap out on is your your life-saving gear. So, like, your medical, your tourniquet. Don't buy the cheap, you know, Amazon $7 tourniquet. Um, don't buy cheap steel armor. Spend the money and get some decent armor. Like, your life literally depends on it. Um other companies you can look at, like Ace Link Armor. There, there's a ton of them out there if you look at it. Um, the nice thing is you get into the nicer armor that's not steel is it weighs a lot less. Um, I think the level three or three plus plates that I have currently from Ace Link are like, they're less than five pounds per plate. Um, it's like, it, it's less than the, the, the weight of the books I used to carry to class in high school. This is the, the way my wife explained it when she picked them up the day I got them. Um, so that's literally, if you're thinking about your kit and what you're carrying around with you, you know, loaded magazines and all that, if you have a plate carrier, um, take 10 pounds off of that and you go, oh, that's not, that's not that big of a deal. Well, you go from 10 pounds or sorry, from 20 pounds or whatever down to eight pounds, 10 pounds. That's a pretty big deal. You're going to, you're, you're going to wear it a lot longer. It's a lot lighter. These L210s are five and a half pounds per plate, which is pretty awesome. You really can't beat that. Um, so definitely something to consider. And I'm thinking, um, you know, there is, there's probably not uh, a better use of funds if you're talking about n stuff aside from like your, your weapons to spend money on them plates, honestly. Uh, if you already have a tourniquet um, with the except, exception of Buying a tourniquet, buying a good medical kit, <clears throat> armor plates are really a, a good thing to buy um, if you're trying to build out some kit, really, you know, be prepared. Uh, past that now, um, one of the things that I was really looking at was upgrading my optics set. If you're still rocking irons um, on your rifle, there's a lot of good options out there for affordable red dots. Uh, Vortex, the Crossfire 2, the, geez, there's, there's so many of them right now that you can find for, for good deals. Um, hollow sun right now, hollow sun is real, real big in the market because they're making a premium product in a lot of people's opinions anyway, uh, at a not premium price. Okay. Like the 507 series is a great, great choice, uh, for a pistol optic. Uh, if you're looking at, whether it's a compact, subcompact, uh, the 507K is really popular right now for the smaller guns. Like I said, the Vortex Crossfire 2 uh, red dot, the Vortex Spark is is really popular. 
uh, if you don't mind something that's a little bit larger, the Vortex Strike Fire 2 Red Dot is another option. I picked one of those up for my dad uh, last year. Once it was last year for Christmas. Uh, SIGs, SIGs optics are out there. Uh, SIG, it looks like you can get those from like 100 to 150 bucks. Most of the Vortex and Hollow Sun, just depending on what you get, is going to be worth from like 150 might be able to get it like 125 on sale, but up to like $300. Um, you know, the Hollow Sun Micro 2, uh, it looks like 140 on Palmetto State Armory right now. Six hours, Romeo 5, same thing. If you want to spend a little bit more money, get something a little bit nicer. Um, the Trigicon MRO is their red dot offering. Uh, lots of good reviews on that. It's pretty widely used, both in civilian and law enforcement. The EOTech Model 512, good option for a holographic site. If you're really wanting to spend the big bucks, um, EXPS2 or EXPS3, I'm sorry, from EOTech. That's like the gold standard in holographic site technology right now. It's used in special operations. It's used uh, in law enforcement. A lot of people really, really enjoy that optic. It's got a shake-awake function that I, I believe anyway, that's really good. Uh, and helps save on battery life. The Aimpoint T2, T1 or T2 are both good options. Again, Aimpoint's pretty uh, top of market. Um, I think, I could be wrong, I'm going to check right now actually. I think T-Rex Arms actually, and I, I don't want to just keep like railing for them, but I think they just added the Aimpoint Pro to their website. Yep, they did for about 445 So that's a good, that's been used by the military in, you know, the global war on terror. It's been used in law enforcement. Um, if you want something that's been battle tested, so to speak, it's hard to get a lot better than that. You know, 450 for a brand new optic. Um, you can also look into stuff like magnifiers. I know EOTech, Vortex, Trigicon, magnifier technologies come a really long way. Personally, I uh, I ended up ordering the Vortex uh, Viper PST, which I think it's it's precision shooting tactical or something. Um, I'll have to pull that up. One, two, six. Um, a lot of people want to kind of crap on Vortex's Strike Eagle line because it's the like budget, uh, budget like entryway into an LPVO. Um, we're kind of you know jumping around here a little bit, but if you're looking at like glass, like a ranged optic for your rifle, which I think if you're getting a 16 or an 18 inch rifle, that really should be what you look at. Um, because the technology is just, it's there now. So you can get for 250 to 300 bucks, you can get a Vortex Strike Eagle with a mount, um, which isn't, it's not the greatest optic out there, but it's its not bad. It's not like a, a sight mark or a True Glow or one of these Chinese Airsoft brands that's not going to hold zero um, and it's going to break on you, right? Um, it's not a bad offering. They're really not. They have a bullet drop compensator reticle on them. Um, but if you're looking to get something a little bit nicer, uh, what a lot of people consider to be the bang for the buck option right now is the, the Vortex Viper PST 1-6. to um, I just upgraded to that. I will say the, the, the first thing that jumped out at me, uh, the glass clarity is amazing compared to the Strike Eagle. But what really did it was... When you turn on the red dot, not really red dot, but the, the illumination, right? The Strike Eagle is fine. I think for most people, it's going to be completely fine. A lot of people's biggest gripe with like the Strike Eagle and some of the cheaper optics is that their reticle illumination is just not daytime bright. 
So if you take it out when it's sunny out and you're shooting daytime with your illumination, you, you, the, you lose it, right? The sunlight will wash out that illumination. And if you don't have an etched reticle, meaning that without the illumination, you can still see your, your hash marks, your tick marks, your bullet drop lines, whatever you want to call it. Um, you won't be able to use it. The Viper, uh, gen two, like this thing, I turn up to six and it was daytime bright. Okay. It wasn't like super sunny out, but this thing was good. Um, about 600 bucks on it. It's pretty much where you, what you find it at right now. You can find it for a little bit more, but pretty consistently five ninety nine ninety nine. Um, and, and again, just for the money, that's, uh, I mean, they got my money with that one. I know EOTech's voodoo is, is out there. It's like 800 bucks. It's a little bit more if you really, you know, you really like EOTech. Um, unfortunately past that you're starting to look at like, um, Steiner, which the Steiner one to four used to be, at least when I'm told used to be like the budget go-to. Um, but it's a one to four magnification for a four time magnification optic. That's really not a, enough in my mind to justify spending the six to 800 bucks. Um, if you do cool, it's still a quality, uh, LPVO low power variable optic. If I haven't said that already, but yeah, uh, it's an option, right? Uh, the other part of that equation obviously is a mount. If you're going to spend big money and for, and that's different for everybody, right? Like what big money is uh, for me, you know, big money was like 150 to $200 on a, on a mount for glass. If you are sorry, well, sorry, that was for the mount. Um, big money for me was 600 bucks on this optic, uh, for other people, 300 bucks, 250 for the vortex optic is big money. And it's different for everybody. We all work hard for our money. So I'm not like poo pooing on the the strike Eagle or even some of the primary arm stuff is actually getting pretty nice too. But, um, you know, if you have some, it's a little bit more budget sided. I'm not trying to like shit on that. I'm just giving you the facts as I have found them. Uh, but getting a, a good mount is, is pretty important, right? You want something that's not going to lose zero. There's a lot of good offerings out there. Um, I think the arrow precision lightweight mount, I don't even know if that's what it's called, honestly. Uh, let's see scope mounts looking on arrows website. Um, yeah, they're ultralight 30 millimeter scope mount. Uh, they're in stock and on their website, they're 85 bucks, which means you can probably, you're starting at 85. Uh, I see them for 90, 95, just depending on how, like, uh, how much can't or cantilever or whatever, how, how, what kind of mount you want. Um, you're looking at 85 to a hundred dollars roughly. And I've actually seen them other places online, Amazon, um, a couple other retailers for, closer to 70, 75 bucks, which seems like a lot for just the mount. But when you think about that, you're trying to shoot two, 300 yards with your optic, you really, it, it kind of puts into perspective, um, the value of a good quality mount, at least for a, a variable ranged optic, look at stuff for like red dots. It becomes less important, but you still want to have something that's going to hold and hold zero. Uh, those mounts do tend to be a little bit less expensive, um, but they can be just as expensive. Uh, scalar works makes great mounts. Um, but you pay for it. I want to say they're about 200, 250 bucks. Uh, if you're, you're getting an optic mount through them, um, they're yeah, well, sorry, 150 bucks. If you're looking for just like an aim point micro, it, it works with the crossfire two red dot from vortex. It'll, it'll work with the, uh, micro two from hollow sun It'll probably work. Anything that shares the Aimpoint T2 footprint, so some of the SIG optics and stuff, uh, 
the Scalar Works Leap mount is about 150 bucks uh, at T-Rex Arms right now. So you can probably find it a little bit cheaper someplace else. Um, I personally went with the American Defense Manufacturing mount for about, I want to say it was like 95 or 100 and I ordered that through Big Daddy Unlimited when I had a membership there. That was a, a decent upgrade, although the, the mount that came with the uh, Crossfire 2, not a bad mount from Vortex at all. Pretty good mount, actually. I basically spent the money just to spend the money because I wanted something with a quick detach on it. Um, American Defense Manufacturing, again, around 150 bucks if you want to pick up one of their LPVO mounts uh, through Big Daddy Unlimited, I believe, at least when I bought mine. And I got the 1.93-inch uh, recon mount, so it, it actually sits a little bit higher off the gun because that's what I wanted for mine. Um, if you're wanting uh, a good mount for your offset red dot on your 16 inch rifle. So maybe you already have a good ranged optic. Maybe you're trying to put something on an offset so you can, you know, do cool guy, uh, high speed, low drag stuff. You know, you want to rock that 45 degree cant with your Trigicon RMR, your Vortex Venom, or maybe just one of these, you know, Aimpoint T2 style red dot optics. Uh, Arasaka Defense. I think I just bought mine for like 135 bucks. Uh, it was a, it was a fantastic choice. The shipping it showed up probably five or six days. Pretty good shipping. Um, they make a bunch of different plates for it. So once you buy the uh, the the mount itself, I'm sorry. One, you can adjust it so it's uh, either more or less uh, degree of offset. I think it's like 30 and 45 or something. Um, I opted for for less just so that I have like less movement with the gun when I'm switching from my tube to my red dot. But um, when you by that mount, they have plates for which optic you're mounting to it. So then if like right now I have my Vortex Venom on it, but if I decide in six months or a year or tomorrow that I want to switch to something like a closed emitter, like an Aimpoint T2, it's only 30 bucks or 35 bucks to order that mounting plate from them instead of having to buy a whole new mount. That's only, you know, that's the thing with, with these, some of these red dot mounts is if it's for a specific footprint, you're kind of set and stuck in that kind of optic. So if you change it, um, you, you know, you're going to not only have to replace, you know, pay the cost to replace your optic, but you're paying to replace the mount that goes with it. So you add an extra hundred, 150, $200 onto the, you know, however much you paid for your red dot. Um, if you really want to be cool about it, want to pick up like a, like I said, uh, EXPS three is a pretty good, pretty good choice for a holographic site. I know hollow sun is doing cool stuff with theirs, but EOTech's really the gold standard, but that's going to run you like 700 bucks right now if you can find it in stock. Mm, 650 to 700 bucks. Uh, Aimpoint T2, probably around $800. Um, but those are your options. If you're looking for something that's that's on the more affordable side, like I said, Hollow Sun. Uh, but really, the one that I, I kind of passed over here for a couple different reasons was a light. Okay. Um, but because we can get real crazy with lights, but it also applies to your rifle that we've been talking about. It also applies to your handgun. Talking about rifles, um, Surefire does a, makes a great light. It, it's it's like the, I don't want to say gold standard again, but it's like the gold standard for law enforcement, for military. Unfortunately, because of that, you do pay more of a premium price. Okay. Um, they're usually around 300 bucks for their, uh, let me see what it is right now online. Um, if you're looking at the Surefire M300, like mini scout with IR illuminator, it's like $400. 
Um, if you want just the M600, just a scout light, like a normal, just flashlight that comes with either a, a push tail cap, um, or a pressure pad, and it has a mount built onto it to go onto a rail for a rifle. Yeah. You're looking about 300 bucks for the M600. Um, and you can, the nice thing with Surefire is you can do all kinds of different tail caps and they got the, the different, uh, pressure switches, whether you want, uh, just one flat pad, you want the flat pad with the, the button that you can, um, set constant on. Maybe, you know, you run nods and you want, you know, a laser <laughs> built into that pressure pad. They make one that's, you know, two buttons, uh, but that's like an, an additional 120 bucks. But if you're, you're, this really isn't for you. If you're looking at stuff like that, you don't even be listening to me right now. If you're, you're messing with, uh, you know, with lasers and shit, because I don't even run lasers. Cause I, I just, I can't afford it. You know, uh, and at pile C laser is 1600 bucks and that's you know, a more than what the stimulus is. So it kind of puts us out of the scope of this conversation, but that's an addition to like the five to 10 grand you, or more that you spent on your, your night vision. So, but white lights are really important, um, because you have to be able to identify what you're shooting at. That's regardless of all the stuff we just talked about with an optic. Um, you know, you, you have to be able to identify it. If you're shooting irons, you don't even have an optic. You still need to be able to identify what you're shooting at. Uh, so Surefire is a really good choice, but like I said, it is more expensive. What I do recommend usually is one of the two rifle light options um, from Streamlight. And I, I don't, uh, you have to forgive me why I'm going to pull it up here. I have the thousand lumen, the larger one um, on my 16 inch rifle build. And then I have the, I want to say it's like 650. It's a little bit smaller. It's like they're equivalent to the, the scout light from Surefire. Um, I have that. I think it's like 650 lumens on my 11.5 uh, build. Let's see. I want to say today it's like 110 for the 1,000 lumen option uh, on Amazon. And that's probably what you're going to find most places. Um, they're, they're ProTac. I'm sorry, the ProTac rail mount. Uh, you can actually get, it, well, a couple different options here. Um somewhere between 110 and 140, it looks like. Uh, if you want to save yourself a whole whopping 15 bucks, uh, you can get the smaller one, which is actually, it says uh, 350 lumens. So I was definitely off on that. Uh, but they're quality lights. They're reliable. I've not had any issues with mine. I don't even actually think, and I don't even want to say this out loud because it's probably going to happen now. Um, I've had both my lights for a couple of years now, coming up like three, four years, and because I don't use them a whole ton, um, which... I should use them more because I should be training more in low light, but I think I've replaced batteries once, which is pretty good. Um, you know, and I know they just came out. It's like 150 bucks. You can get a, like a, um, a flashlight with a laser built in too. I don't really like the laser option. Some people think it's going to help you shoot better. I really disagree with that v visual or uh, visible laser really doesn't help. Um, but I mean, if something you think you got to have fine, what I will caution people with when they look at rifle lights is, is two things here. One, do not buy O light. Uh, I I've seen a lot of stuff online, uh, a lot of bad reviews, uh, a lot of bad commentary, a lot of bad stories about O light, not necessarily from quality, but just that they overheat. Um, and that's their, their EDC lights for people's pockets, as well as, um, you know, the stuff that they put on rifles. Uh, so they just kind of got back into the rifle game with their, uh, like their mountable light with a pressure pad switch. So maybe it'll get better. Um, it's like 2000 lumens. That's kind of like Olight's thing is the super high lumens. 
I don't really think that that's that necessary. If you want something a little bit nicer that's like that, uh, you could look at like a mod light. Mod light's been been coming on pretty strong lately. Uh, again, about three hundred bucks, but you're gonna get about you know, almost fourteen hundred lumens out of that thing. So if the thousand lumens that you're looking at with one of the larger surefires or streamlights is not enough, you can look at mod light. That's an uh, it's another option. Um, but I would, I would just, I would caution people to stay away from Olight and I would caution people as well to stay away from some of these pistol lights that you can mount to a Picatinny rail section. Um, because one, the ergonomics for how you activate those switches are just not, um, in a lot of cases, it's just not good on a rifle. Um, you can make it work by putting it on the bottom of your rail or on the top. Uh, but it's not, you know, usually those are only about 300 lumens, um, they don't have the, quite the throw on them because they're just smaller lights. Um, and some of them are just outright bad lights because the brands are crappy. Again, you know, Olight, not my first pick. And there's a lot of Chinese lights out there. Stick away from all those, uh, which we've gone over before. You know, these TLR4s even from Streamlight, they're, they're small pistol lights. Don't put them on a rifle. Just go out and buy a rifle light. It's not, it's not any cheaper unless you just have one laying around that you just have to use for some reason. Um, but <clears throat> excuse me, what you could look at is, uh, I guess if you had to, the TLR one, um, has a thousand lumen, uh, with a larger head on it that you can get that comes with the pressure pad. Uh, that is a pistol light, but I guess that they're kind of like selling Streamlight is selling to gear towards rifles. However, it's like 170 bucks. So it's even more expensive than the actual dedicated rifle lights are. I would just, I would skip over that altogether and go to their pro tech. Now, if you're looking for something for your handgun, a couple things to consider. Um, if you have a handheld light or not, I personally, I don't carry a light on my concealed carry gun because I have a handheld light. Um, I do that because I don't, I don't want my pistol light to be my primary light. Drop my keys or something. You don't want to be flagging people with your gun. I know we've talked about that before and you see on a lot of YouTube videos, but if you are looking to get into some kind of pistol light, Again, uh, Surefire is a good option, um, but you, get, you know, again, you're going to pay a lot of money. It's going to be like 300 bucks. Uh, I think I saw it on Big Daddy Unlimited at one point for like $200 for their basic one, the X300. Um, but for closer to one, 150, you can also get the Streamlights uh, TLR1 or TLR1 HL. HL means high lumens. Um, yeah, for like one to 150. So it's going to save you a little bit of money. If you have to have a stream or uh, have to have a surefire, uh, cool, man. Like, yeah, cool. But it, it's going to cost you a little bit more. Just understand that. Um, again, I know Olight has their stuff out there. They got the Valkyrie, the Balder, uh, that are from what it looks like. It, it actually pretty respectable lumen outputs on a pistol light. I just don't trust them. Everything that I've seen. Um, I know Streamlight has recently come out with the, the RM2 compact, I think, um, if you have a compact gun that you're running, uh, and they did, I think, I want to say it was a TLR seven or TLR eight is, uh, sorry, TLR nine is their low profile light. They just re released and it looks kind of goofy. If you ask me, I'm probably going to wait and see some more reviews if I run out and buy it, but it's out there. Streamlight is a good company with, with, with good products at a pretty affordable price point. Um, but if you're being ultra price conscious, honestly, with a concealed carry gun, rocking the handheld light, in my opinion, is more versatile, definitely more affordable 
like I, I carry a 600 lumen Streamlight Polytac. Okay, it's an all polymer body light. 600 lumens, this thing only cost me like 55 bucks. And I think I've changed the batteries like four times, four or five times in six or seven years. I really, and I, and this thing, it's next to me on my nightstand. I have it with me all the time when I go to work and I'm out with friends and everything. It's been dropped, it's been banged up. It no worse for wear, no problems with it uh, functioning normally. It comes with a pocket clip. I, I pulled that bitch off and I put a, um, was a switchback, sorry, a switchback, uh, Gen 2 switchback from Theorem uh, so that I can use it and engage it with my thumb when I'm gripping my pistol. So uh, that's my my personal recommendation through what I've carried for years and years is this Streamlight Polytac. I know ModLite also has a uh, handheld light that can be used with the, the Theorem um, finger ring. Good one to look into. Uh, Surefire. Again, they, their stuff's going to be a little more expensive, but it, it's good stuff. They're, you know, EDC L1 and L2. Um, good options, but the, again, you're paying the same money for those that you would be for uh, like a, a Streamlight Pistol Light. It's going to be about 150 160 bucks. So it, it kind of depends where your, your price range is at, uh, but what you want to... Um, what you want to do, what you want to get. And you kind of got to balance it, right? Like I knew I had X amount of dollars to play with when I got my stimulus. So, um, you know, I bought my optic, I bought my offset mount, and then I got a, a smoker because I really wanted to get into smoking meats um, and kind of expand my relatively non-existent culinary skills. That was just how I, I looked at it. Um, past that, if you need a holster for your gun, obviously go check out Eclipse Holsters. Um, there's other offerings out there. I'm not gonna really going to get into them. Um, but a quality holster is definitely something you need if you don't already have it. Um, especially using our discount, discount code prepared one five and save yourself a bunch of money too. And you can get something that's outside your waistband for a larger gun inside the waistband for your concealed carry. If you want something in particular, you don't see it on their site, message them. A lot of the time, you know, you can, you can have these companies take care of you. Uh, they just aren't necessarily always tooled up for what you're asking for. Um, there's a lot of options out there. We recommend, uh, especially for concealed carry, EclipseHolsters.com. Uh, the, the only other one I will recommend if you're looking for something duty-related, something that's duty-rated that you can put on like a battle belt is Safari Land. But they're really, you're going to pay the money for it. I know that I paid about 150 bucks for my 6354DO, which is the model name, I would, you know, really catchy naming convention that they use, but, uh, it, it has a hood on it that protects my Glock 19s, um, Trigicon RMR. So that's like, you know, the standard in my opinion. And I know a lot of people are still looking for those holsters because it's their older model and it, it can't find them it sucks. But I mean, I found mine. I'm probably never ever going to let that thing go. People that sold theirs a couple years ago thinking they would be able to find more, uh, kind of just out of luck. Um, but so we got this money. Here's some productive things you can do with it. I mean, if you haven't paid your taxes yet, obviously go pay your taxes. Don't not do that. Um, pay off bills, right? Debt sucks. And while a lot of it's unavoidable, um, and there's a lot of people out there that preach ways to live your life without going into debt. I know the guys from, again, T-Rex Arms talk about don't get, you know, go into debt to buy your, your, your gear, buy your kit. Um, for the most part, I agree with that. I, I don't think that overextending yourself is a good thing. Um, I think that not having any debt is bad from a credit perspective. 
uh, as an adult, I remember not having any credit and how much that kind of ruined my life in my early, you know, 20s. So take that for what you will as well. Uh, but just some stuff to think about when you're looking at how to spend the stimulus. You know, we touched on armor. We touched on buying your, you know, firearms if you don't have anything. Uh, we touched on optics a little bit, mounts, lights, uh, soft gear right now. There's a, it, everything right now is hard to get, right? That's the shitty part is, you know, you, because there is so much more demand from first time gun owners or people that maybe owned a gun, but are becoming more involved with it because everything going on, uh, you can't find this stuff. Uh, whether it's a plate carrier, a battle belt, a chest rig, it's all just, as soon as places are dropping stuff, it is out of stock in a couple hours, even medical kits, right? Which is pretty basic. Uh, medical kits are not staying in stock. Thankfully, medical supplies are stuff like, uh, tourniquets are still easy to find. Um, the quick clot gauze, stuff like that, Israeli bandages, those are all still pretty, pretty readily available, thankfully. And it's stuff that if you don't have, and I mean it, you really, really should invest in, in having that with you and having one tourniquet is not enough right? I, off the top of my head, I think I own like 12 and that, I mean, I have them in my, uh, EDC bag. I have them in my go to work satchel bag that I, well, I mean, I don't really use anymore because I'm working from home because the pandemic, but I have one in there. Uh, I have two or three that were, you know, set up to go on my plate carrier. Um, at one point I had two, I think on my battle belt, I think I just have the one right now while I'm looking at how to remount it and, and some things. Um, and then my wife's belt, she's got a tourniquet on her, on, on her belt as well. She shoots and trains a lot less than I do, but it's super important to have all that stuff, right? It's like literally life saving. Um, and if you have the ability to create holes, you should have the ability to plug holes as well. And we talk about that a lot too. Um, what I'll leave you guys with is if you're looking at some training tools, <clears throat> um, dry fire is huge, right? Dry fire will fix a lot. And if you just have access to YouTube, you can find a lot of videos either a talking about dry fire specifically, but you can just mimic a lot of the actual live fire drills that you see and dry fire. All it's missing is the recoil impulse and the loud noise, um, dryfiremag.com. If you own a Smith and Wesson, uh, a P320 or a, a Glock, they have dry fire mags that will fit. And that way all that does, it creates an audible click and trigger reset, um, that enhances the, the dry fire experience. Now you can't do reload drills with them. Um, but if you listen to our earlier episodes about, uh, fundamental training and stuff, in my opinion, that's okay because it's a separate skill set, right? If you're working on reloads, you should break it down and just work on the reload uh, and then if you're working on your trigger press, you're working on throttle control or cadence control or whatever, or transitioning, that's a separate skill set. Uh, if you want to combine them all together, cool. Uh, there's ways to work around that, but dry fire mag is awesome. I picked one up right before the pandemic. So did Trevor and we've used them a ton. Okay. And they're because of, I, I think anyway, because of the increased, volume of uh, sales due to people being home and not being able to get ammo, they're able to expand and develop for other models of guns, other firearms. Um, I think they're getting ready to come out with one for a Canic TP9. I could be wrong, uh, but I know that the big three, the M&P, the Glock, and uh, the P320 are all currently offered. So those are really good options. They make, um, you can find on Amazon now, like laser cartridges that go in your gun so that when you 
drop the the striker or drop the hammer in your firearm uh you get a little red dot on the wall where your 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 hit was you can use those in conjunction with saw with smartphone apps now which is really neat because then it allows you to like track your hits and you can kind of see under pressure uh with a timer or something if you're drawn from a holster uh where you're getting your hits under stress from a distance uh speaking of targets if you need dry fire targets a lot of people just use pieces of tape, the little pieces of paper they put on the wall. Nothing wrong with that. If you want actual targets of varying sizes with like kill zones and stuff or, you know, A, C, A, B, and C zone, um, Ben Stoger, B-E-N-S-T-O-E-G-E-R.com. He sells uh, like scale uh, targets like you would use for IPSC or IDPA or whatever uh, shooting uh, circuit. You can buy those different targets from his website. I've bought two or three sets. I think I actually gave my brother one for a part of his Christmas gift uh, a year or two ago, part of like a stocking stuffer. It's like 10 or 15 bucks for the whole set. And you can do poppers. You can do uh, silhouette targets. You can get the stickers that block off half of it. So you have to go for, you know, an upper body shot or whatever. Uh, but those are a really good option too. And all, I just, I put together with some plywood scraps and some binder clips just little stands. Um, I set them up all over my basement here um, when I'm dry firing. Helps with transitions and all kinds of stuff. Uh, and the last thing uh, would be like a shot timer. Uh, you can get the apps on your phone, which if you're dry firing, it's okay if you just need something to randomly go, okay, go. Uh, but if you really want something that you can use for dry fire, as well as when the world opens back up when you get to live fire range, a pack timer is is probably the best one you could choose. I think they're around a hundred or somewhere between a hundred, 150 bucks for a pack timer. And those last forever from what I'm told. So, you know, buy once, cry once again, you can get away with the smartphone apps and then they, Oh, you can get enhanced usability for 15 bucks. And eh, it ends up kind of being a little waste of money. The free ones work just fine if you just need something for dry fire. But anyways, you got the stimulus money. Um, let's all stick it to the president who's trying to you know, strip us of our 2A rights and go out and spend that money on the, t- the Second Amendment. Go out and buy ammo if you can find it. Go out and buy guns, optics, training, you know, all this stuff, right? So be ready for whatever is about to come down. I know right now, weather's warming back up. Last year, this time, uh, people were out partying in the streets and then that partying turned into rioting as soon as uh, people had caused a riot, right? And, you know, I won't get into to the why, but... Uh, hopefully this has, you know, at least been enjoyable. If, if nothing else gave you guys some, uh, food for thought on how to maybe spend the stimulus, uh, until, you know, next week, I hope you guys are making some informed decisions, spending some money, treating yourself, but as always, hope you're getting out there, you're training, always vigilant. And like we always say here, be prepared. Be prepared.